You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. Amen. So today is the Feast of Divine Mercy, the second Sunday after Easter, St. John Paul II designated as the Feast of Divine Mercy in response to the command of our Lord himself given to St. Faustina in the message of Divine Mercy that was given to her. I want to speak about Divine Mercy Sunday today, but I will come to that eventually. I'd rather start in in a roundabout way and then eventually get to the Feast of Divine Mercy. When I was a chaplain with a pilgrimage group in 2013, we visited Rome and I was thrilled, as well as awestruck, to celebrate Mass in St. Peter's Basilica on the side altar under which is contained the body of St. John Paul II, the Pope who gave us Divine Mercy Sunday. And we were there in April, not on the feast day itself of St. John Paul II, not even close to the day that he died, but just being there in April soon after Easter was a great thrill for us, since we were close to his body and then also close to the day on which he died. Like many others, I was saddened and somewhat alarmed when recently there was an unsigned order issued in the Vatican forbidding what I was able to do in 2013, namely for priests to celebrate what are called private masses on the 45 side altars of St. Peter's. To me it makes no sense to outlaw what has been the practice for centuries. There was an excellent article in the Catholic Weekly last Sunday, Easter Sunday, by Monica Dumit about this. She relates how she experienced a priest friend of hers and a seminarian, just the three of them there at one of the side altars as the priest friend said Mass and how awestruck and moved she was by it. In the article she points out that St Peter's in Rome is the spiritual home for all Catholics. It is the tomb of St Peter, and it signifies both unity with the current Pope and a continuity with the faith and teaching of the first Pope. And there is no place like it in the world for Catholics. She goes on to say that these altars, these side altars, were constructed so that the holy sacrifice of the Mass may be offered on them. They're not meant to be ornamental, but to be sacramental. And some have noted that by this decree, St. Peter's becomes more a museum and a tourist attraction than it does a sacred place at a church. Now, this anonymous directive 
also with no pro- proper protocol number attached to it, makes any priest who wants to celebrate Mass in St. Peter's join in only one of the four concelebrated Masses in Italian. Pilgrims from other language groups will have to find other churches in Rome where they might attend Mass in their language. What is also missing from this injunction is a truly Catholic understanding of what the Holy Mass is. And this is where the connection to Divine Mercy comes in. So let me explore this briefly. Christ intended the Mass to be the same sacrifice as he himself made to the Father on the cross. His words at the Last Supper were, This is my body, which will be given up for you. And this is my blood, which shall be shed for you. Adding those words, given up for you, and shed for you, are biblical sacrificial expressions that the apostles would have understood immediately. At Mass, the fact that the bread and wine are consecrated separately also points us towards the sacrifice of the cross, because there the body and blood of Jesus were separated, and so death occurred. Without the death of Christ, no sacrifice for sins would have been accomplished. So it has always been Catholic teaching, and still is, that the sacrifice of Christ on the cross does not stand independently side by side with the sacrifice of the Mass. Some of the key Protestant leaders of the 1500s rejected Catholic teaching, and most Protestants still do today. They state that Christ has made one single sacrifice once and for all, And we agree. But what they overlook is that, right from the time of the Apostles, the connection between what happened at Calvary and what happens at the Mass was understood, such that the Mass is not another sacrifice, but the same sacrifice, an ongoing sacrifice, which is presented to us on the altar so that we may enter into that sacrifice and gain its benefits. So every priest is expected to celebrate Mass every day, even if no one is with him. Since the Mass is the same sacrifice as that of the cross, it is Christ himself who is the one offering the Mass through the person of his priest. And so then each Mass effects the salvation of the world. Besides, even if the priest is alone, the saints and angels are in the room with him, and the souls in purgatory look longingly towards what the priest does to obtain release into heaven. So five priests saying one Mass each is better than five priests on celebrating the one Mass. Five Masses are better than one. I think that maybe Catholics generally have lost sight of the Mass as the sacrifice of the cross, 
and focus more on what we do, what we say, what we sing, how we act towards each other. All of those are worthy of attention, but they are not central to the Mass. They can be like the jewels that surround the most beautiful diamond in the world. They add luster and beauty, but they themselves play a supporting role to the great drama of the death of Christ made present on the altar. St. Faustina Kowalska, who received the message of divine mercy from Jesus, wrote in her diary, and I quote, Oh, what awesome mysteries take place during Mass. A great mystery is accomplished in the Holy Mass. With what great devotion should we listen to and take part in this death of Jesus? One day we will know what God is doing for us in each Mass and what sort of gift he is preparing in it for us. Only his divine love could permit that such a gift be provided for us. And she goes on a little later to say, I see this fountain of life gushing forth with such sweetness and power for each soul, while at the same time I see souls withering away and drying up through their own fault. The three o'clock prayer from the Divine Mercy Devotions reminds us that Jesus died on the cross, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. The blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fount of mercy for us. Sacramentally, but really, And truly, that same blood and water flows out to us at every Mass. In another sign of his great mercy, Christ suffered the pain and agony on the cross. We suffer no pain, no agony. But by sharing in his suffering and death at each Mass, He freely grants us salvation. So quite rightly we are able to say what is written below the image of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you.